1: Brightly
0: in the world bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is
2: Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio.
3: 5 minutes after the hour, it's Friday, December 17th. Good morning and welcome to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Levens. Thanks so much for joining us across our great nation. It's an honor to be with you once again. On Fridays, we remember the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friday is also the traditional day dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And once again, I want to continue to encourage you, if you can, to spend just a few moments in front of the Blessed Sacrament today meditating on the passion of our Lord. Uh, Today is also day two of the traditional Christmas novena, which ends on Christmas Eve. This includes a nine-day novena to the Holy Infant of Prague and La Novena de Aguinaldos, also known as the novena to the baby Jesus, El Niño Jesús, in the Latin American countries, which we'll talk about in a few moments. Uh, Today, December 17th, is also the first day of the traditional Advent O Antiphons. Today's uh, version is O Wisdom, of our God most high guiding creation with power and love come to teach us the path of knowledge. And we continue to pray for all the victims and all the many families that were devastated by the tornadoes that this past weekend uh, in Kentucky and in a number of other states in the southern Midwest. Uh, you, of course, can give online to help Catholic charities of the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky. You can help those impacted by this recent devastation. All you have to do is go to OwensboroDiocese.org slash give, Owensboro. Diocese.org slash give and select Tornado Relief to go to Catholic Charities. Today is the Holy Father's uh, 85th birthday, so we also include Pope Francis in our prayers today, and we start every show. In prayer, giving thanks to the Lord for the many blessings, always asking through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen our lady of guadalupe patroness of the americas patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio pray for us saint joseph patron of the universal church pray for us saint john paul ii co-patron of relevant radio pray for us and we invoke the holy spirit every single day here on morning air when we pray come holy spirit come In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Luke 1.43. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? are you ready to meet the baby jesus our lord jesus christ in a new in a deep personal intimate life-changing way this christmas season if you're like our mother mary uh, visiting others to share jesus and to share the holy spirit then perhaps you are ready for christ this christmas this is what it's all about if for whatever reason you're not ready Uh, Right this moment, uh, there's still eight days left. You can still finish strong. Remember, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. So you can finish strong by making a good confession. As Father Rocky has said so many times, there is no better way to prepare your soul for the coming of Jesus the Lord than to go to confession. We pray with great confidence always, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, is 888-914-9149, 914 9149 Now Christmas is probably the most joyous season of the year, especially for us Catholics. And of course, with all the festivities, the traditional songs and the celebrations, the novenas. It helps us to be imbued with the joy and the uh, happiness that we experience during this time as, as we focus on the birth of uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The Latin American cu- culture uh, has uh, many ways of celebrating Advent and Christmas that are particularly colorful and very festive. These include the, the famous Posadas, uh, the no- La Novena de Aguinaldo, which is the uh, 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 Novena, and of course the traditional Villancicos. And joining us now live from San Juan, Puerto Rico, is our good friend, Dr. Hector Marquez, to continue talking about these Latino-Hispanic traditions during Advent and Christmas, the Novinas, the Villancicos, and much more. Dr. Marquez holds uh, graduate degrees in law and theology. He's an adjunct professor of theology and religious studies at Universidad Central de Bayamón. Dr. Marquez also teaches theological formation courses at the Instituto Superior de Teología, y Pastoral of the Archdiocese of San Juan, Puerto Rico. He's also a lay Dominican and currently serves as the master formation for the Dominican Lady of Puerto Rico. Good morning. Buenos dias, Dr. Marquez. Welcome back to Morning It's always a joy to be with you as we get ready for Christmas. Buenos
1: dias, John. Good morning to you and to all our audience. It's always a pleasure for me to be here, especially in this uh, special time of the year.
3: Absolutely. Uh, well, this is this is a, a wonderful time of the year, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the traditions, some of the customs uh, across Latin America, Puerto Rico, Mexico, uh, Colombia, South America, uh, that are so uh, special to to uh, so many of our people. Uh, let's talk about uh, first of all uh, the posadas and uh, uh, how they started, and exactly what is a posada, and how does it relate uh, to the liturgies that we. Uh, uh, have here in our Catholic faith?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, the posadas is probably the best-known uh, tradition, Christmas tradition, Advent and Christmas tradition uh, in all of Latin America. And like so many other Mexican, where it all started, it was because it all started in Mexico. That, that, like so many Mexican and Latin American traditions, uh, the history uh, of the celebration of Advent and Christmas has its origin in the Spanish colonization, including the posadas. And uh, as part of their evangelization efforts, the first friars who came to the Americas during the 16th and 17th centuries, they sought uh, a common ground with the prehistoric religions in order to try to make them uh, to to uh, uh, help in the evangelization process. And they sometimes used uh, uh, celebrations which they also had, which had which had a pagan origin, but they 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 put the they. Substituted the, the 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 for example the ancient gods with Jesus and Mary, and this was uh, the case uh, of the Posadas. Originally uh, uh, in pre-Hispanic Mexico, they celebrated the advent of the god of war. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name, John. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh,
0: I don't want to ruin it.
1: Uh, and, and this was during the winter season, and they celebrated. Believe it or not a time of preparation be- between December 16 and 26. It's, it's, uh, it's incredible. So what the missionaries did uh, did was they replaced the image of the God of War by that of Mary and Joseph, and they changed the Aztec time of celebration for the festivals called the Misas de Aguinaldo, the Novena of the Misas de Aguinaldo, where passages and representations alluding to the Nativity were read. And uh, although these celebrations originated in Mexico, they quickly spread throughout all of Latin America with slight variations depending on the country. But basically, the posadas uh, go like this, you know, as a matter of fact, the word posada uh, means uh, in or lodging, uh, referring uh, uh, to the request for accommodations made by Saint Joseph and the Virgin Mary on the pilgrimage from the city of Nazareth uh, on the way to Bethlehem, according to scripture. now uh, usually th- there are several ways of celebrating it. sometimes it's a street procession where they go from house to house and there are songs that are songs by those that are sick that are seeking uh, 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 accommodations and those that are inside the house and they exchange beautiful, beautiful Christmas carols the villancicos which is a real name uh, in Spanish. And, uh, or sometimes they're celebrated in a particular place and they gather outside and then there is this, these uh, songs that go from one side to the other un- until they're finally let in. And then that's where the party really uh, begins. Because once they are let in, uh, the singing continues, uh, followed, of course, by drinks and all kinds of food and treats. Then uh, the culmination of that is that the, the, they break a seven-point piñata. I guess everybody knows what a piñata is. Uh, I don't have to uh, 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 describe it. But the, the seven-pointed piñata represents the evil temptations to the seven deadly sins. And to break it blindly represents the triumph of virtue over temptation with the reward consisting of, uh, of all the goodies that fall from the interior of the piñata, which represent the uh, the, the God's mercy and, and and forgiveness, and this is very uh, very related uh, to the liturgy, both the uh, misas de aguinaldo, which uh, are are related uh, to this time of Advent and to the posadas, uh, 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 and, and the and the and the, posada, the posadas, and both uh, are related to the liturgy. And there is one liturgical feast which i want to mention and, and it's, a, it's a pity we don't have time to dedicate a whole program maybe next year to this uh festivity which is called the expectation of the blessed virgin mary also known as the expectation of the blessed virgin virgins delivery or our lady of O, which was originally instituted in the 16th century for December 18th as a preparation for the solemnity of our Lord's Nativity, but celebrated in many countries, including Latin America, on December 16th to coincide with the beginning of the Posadas and the Misas de Aguinaldo. The, the Misas de Aguinaldo, uh
3: uh-huh. I, I started to say these are, are such beautiful traditions uh, uh, that are... Practice primarily in Mexico and uh, and in Central America in fact uh, and obviously here in the United States and communities that have a high Mexican uh, population here in Chicago for example this morning uh, there's going to be the 16th annual uh, Posadas uh, in downtown Chicago so if anybody is downtown down Clark in Congress uh, they'll be having the uh, Archdiocese of Chicago uh, annual Posadas uh, which will be a beautiful thing um, I also want to talk about uh, Dr. Marquez, you know, myself being of uh, Colombian heritage, uh, b- born in this country but uh, of, of Colombian parents, the uh, the Novena de Aguinaldo, uh, the Novena to the baby Jesus, del Ni- El Niño Jesús, is also something uh, that I grew up with. In fact, we started uh, last night, the first day of the Novena, in my home. We we did it bilingually. My wife Cindy is uh, from Oaxaca, Nebraska. She's not Hispanic. And so we, we follow uh, both in English and Spanish. But This is a beautiful tradition, this novena uh, that starts on the 16th and and goes until uh, December 24th with uh, beautiful, beautiful meditations uh, from Scripture. I wanted to share with you one of my favorite um, of the billancicos that we sing after the novena. Mariano, let her fly.
1: C'est
0: un peu mieux
3: It brings me back to my childhood, oh. uh, Dr. Marquez, it's such a beautiful uh, thing. And you know, when you study the, the actual tradition uh, of this novena and the meaning of it, uh, I had no idea years ago that this is connected to the O antiphons that uh, we began uh, in the Church yeah. Universal. It's, it's a beautiful tradition, meditating uh, on the life of uh, Jesus and Mary in anticipation of the birth of, of the baby Jesus.
1: Yes. And let me tell you, that, that, that song that you just played, uh, we, we, it also takes me back to my childhood because those are exactly the same songs that uh, are, are sang uh, during, the, during the, the Aguinaldo, the Novena of the Aguinaldos uh, in all of Latin America, including Puerto Rico. And let me tell you, Puerto Rico has a very diverse uh, uh, celebration because in my hometown of Ponce, in the southern coast of the island, our patrons... Is Our Lady of Guadalupe, so that feast is with mariachis and everything, right in Puerto Rico, my friend. You know, uh, and then in the north coast we is not that much, but in the south, in the south coast, especially around around Poncet, uh, we have a blend of Mexican, uh, uh, Latin American, and Spanish uh, traditions for, for for Advent, which which enriches uh, our celebration and our culture and of course our religion. Uh, it's it's something beautiful, and, and these uh, uh, these celebrations, including the expectation of the Blessed Virgin's delivery, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's beautiful because it shows. Uh, as a matter of fact, we, I I have an image here in my home of the of the Blessed Virgin about to give birth with a huge belly. You know, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful uh, image, and uh, uh, it was at that time it was said that women, especially pregnant women, should go to the Misas de Aguinaldo, which are held early in the morning, very early in the morning. That's another uh, uh, typical tradition, uh, usually 5 a.m. And then after the Mass, all gather to share uh, a breakfast uh, to, to celebrate uh, uh, the, 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 the upcoming uh, uh, birth of our Lord. And it's a very beautiful tradition. They go from the 16th to the 24th of, of, of December uh, in preparation uh, for Christmas. And uh, it's, it's beautiful because th- those are the days where we celebrate the Missa de Aguinaldo, beginning with the expectation of the Blessed Virgin's uh, delivery, as I said. And uh, they all honor the maternity of Our Lady and the upcoming birth of, of Our Lord. But one thing that characterizes uh, uh, our tradition is the the. The music, uh, you know, sometimes if you come to a, to, a, to a Christmas party in Puerto Rico or to uh, one of the misas de Aguinaldo or the equivalent of posadas, which we call trullas, where we go to homes and then there's a big feast there. You, you would think you're walking into a salsa festival <laughs> instead of a Christmas celebration, because that is our spirit, you know, and that, that is what makes uh, this, uh, this season so special.
3: A combination of uh, music, uh, prayer, and even some food. Uh, uh, how can you have the Novena de Aguinaldos uh, without uh, the uh, the uh, buñuelos and the natilla and uh, um, the all the, the many things that are traditional um, that that we uh, that we eat uh, at, uh, at at and, Christmas time during Advent? Yeah, yeah, and for us, you know, the roast pork. Empanadas, almost forgot empanadas. Empanadas, the
1: roast pork, and the morcilla. Uh, for us, it's a very typical uh, dish for for this time of the year. And the rice and pigeon peas. Uh, there are some, you know, and the pasteles, which is the equivalent of of uh, of the of the tamal, but it's made with uh, with brown plantain. <laughs> Doctor, what I, I love, love you know, about these traditions
3: is that they, they, that you know, aside from the food and aside from the biancicos, all the beautiful music, they're Christocentric. They're all about meditating on the upcoming uh, birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, meditations yes. every day, prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary, prayer to Saint Joseph, uh, aspirations uh, uh, that are ba- based on the O Antiphons uh, of, to the baby Jesus, the Christ Child. Uh, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful tradition and. The, in the Hispanic Latino countries uh, in uh, Mexico, Central America, South America, Puerto Rico, and Spain. And so um, this is ah, a treasure, yeah. and it just shows the universality of our Catholic faith uh, that spreads yes. around the world.
1: Yes, and, and, and in our case, uh, there is one celebration which is also uh, uh, iconic, I'd say, in all of Latin America, which is the Epiphany. Uh, we call it Three Kings Day. And uh, we, we celebrate uh, 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 because uh, you know, what Epiphany actually means, you know, the, the visit of the three kings, of the three wise men uh, to, uh, uh, to our Lord Jesus. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a very festive occasion. And that, is, that marks the end of Christmas. Christmas does not end on the 25th, but actually on the, on the 6th of, of January, uh, which is the, the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, where, where we extend uh, our celebration until that day, and as a matter of fact, in many countries, uh, including Puerto Rico, on Three Kings Day, uh, the children get presents as well as as, as they do in Christmas. Well, and, doctor. And so part of us-
3: I I so much uh, appreciate uh, you being with us here uh, this morning to talk a little bit about it. We just touched uh, the surface of these beautiful Latino traditions, uh, La Novena, the Aguinaldos, uh, the Villancicos, uh, the Posadas, uh, and so much more. Uh, Thank you so much for for, for being with us uh, from San Juan, Puerto Rico.
1: Thank you for having me, John, and, and Merry Christmas to you and all our audience
3: blessed rest of Advent and a, a Merry Christmas to you too. Feliz Navidad, Dr. Héctor Marquez, adjunct Navidad. professor of theology and religious studies at Universidad Central de Bayamón in Puerto Rico. We need to take a break when Morning Air continues. Catholic author Gary Zimick will be with us to talk about making the most of the, this final week of Advent. Stay with us. <laughs> one minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverence. Great to be with you once again this morning. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888 914 Before we shift gears and begin to focus on the imminent coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, let's take a look at the core message of St. John the Baptist. It's a message that summarizes what Advent is all about. Jesus must increase and I must decrease. How do we make sure that we put this into practice? How can humility prepare us for the coming of the baby Jesus uh, just only eight days away? Now joining us for much more on making the most of the final week of Advent is longtime morning air contributor Gary Zimick, Catholic speaker, author, and radio host. Gary is the author of several books, including his latest new book called "Journey with God: Finding Peace and Happiness." His previous book is called "Give Up Worry for Good." Gary lives in South Jersey with his wife and two daughters. Good morning, Gary. Happy Advent. Thanks so much for joining us. Always great to be with you.
4: Uh, It's great to be here, John. Thank you for having me.
3: Gary, can you believe it? Uh, We're only a week away from Christmas Eve, uh, eight days away from Christmas Day. Uh, Is it too late to make uh, this a great Advent?
4: John it is absolutely not too late and i think that's the, that's the real message that i wanted to share today it's a message that i that i need to believe myself you know every time people would approach jesus with a desire for conversion or for healing or for anything he he would never say i'm sorry you should have came to me sooner it's too late look at the the good thief on the cross you know it wasn't too late for him so so I'm here to say it is absolutely not too late, as long as we have that desire and expectation for Jesus to come more deeply into our lives and, you know, to really invite him in and expect him to show up. This can still be a great advent. There is still time.
3: Absolutely, I, I think back, and, and our Lord is the Lord of the Johnny Come Latelys. If you remember, right. in the one parable where everybody shows up at the last minute uh, for work at, at late in the afternoon, as opposed to the people who started early, but He uh, He allows those folks to come in as well.
4: Yeah, he does, John. And, you know, this is absolutely – it's a tricky season because it's so – there's so much going on. There's so much busyness going on around us. It's easy to become overwhelmed and and lose sight of that fact. He is absolutely ready to welcome us. And uh, if we turn to him, he will respond.
3: There are people that feel overwhelmed this time of year uh, with uh, Christmas lists, all the presents to buy, all the online stuff, the, the deadlines, going into the malls looking for gifts, going to company Christmas parties, uh, setting up, uh, you know, uh, Christmas dinners with with the, with relatives, some of which you, you haven't seen in a long time. Can you talk about some of the keys uh, to make the most of this last week in preparation for the coming of uh, the baby Jesus?
4: You know, John, I, I think this sounds, it sounds simple, and it, but it's not necessarily easy. But this, it's so important to not become overwhelmed by, the, by all of the external preparations that go along with Christmas. I, I think we need to keep the focus on Jesus. And I think one of the great ways to do that is to something I've been trying to do all Advent, is every morning start the day with a simple prayer, come Lord Jesus, and, and really expect Him. To get involved in our lives you know if we want i mean the key of advent is to to grow closer to the lord to to learn to uh you know become in a a deeper relationship with him one of the things we have to do is invite him into all the messiness of, of our life and part of the stress that goes along with the christmas season that's that's a perfect time to ask him for his help to say lord please help me with this help me to keep my focus on you and to not get overwhelmed by by all of the, this craziness. And that's something we have to make a conscious effort to do. It, it can be frustrating because we feel we have so little time anyway, but unless we make that decision to spend some time with the Lord, we're not going to grow closer to Him this Advent.
3: I think um, that uh, the, the gospel uh, this, this week uh, uh, on St. John the Baptist uh, that reminds us uh, that uh, uh, Jesus must increase and I must decrease, I think there's definitely a lesson to be learned there. Uh, uh, this is part uh, of the, the preparation uh, for Christmas Day.
4: Exactly. And we've been hearing so much about John the Baptist for the past few weeks of Advent, and that's going to change beginning today. But, but his message is important. His overall message is, Jesus must increase, I must decrease. That, that involves humility, which can be difficult sometimes. And I think, John, you and I have talked about this several times in the past. I, I do a lot of speaking and writing about overcoming anxiety because it's something I struggle with. And at the root of that is the fact that I like to be in control. And that's why I become anxious. That's why I become stressed out because i try to take on too much by myself and i don't turn to jesus and ask him to help me well in order to imitate that humility we see in john the baptist this idea of jesus must increase i must decrease i have to humbly admit that there's something missing and that i can't do this life thing by myself and once i do that then there is that opportunity to say okay but i know somebody who can do this who can help me jesus please help me but People like me who tend to like to be in control, we struggle with that humility because we can be proud. We think, well, I can do this all myself. But that's where we make a big mistake.
3: And Gary, I think it takes humility to admit uh, that uh, you've made some mistakes, that we've sinned, uh, that we need uh, the Lord's forgiveness, and to humble ourselves and get on our knees and go into the confessional and ask for forgiveness. Uh, The importance of going to confession, Father Rocky talks about it constantly, if you want to have a good Advent, make a good confession.
4: Oh, that's so true. I'm glad you brought that up. I've gone several times during this Advent season, and it's a great opportunity for us to admit that we have messed up. But that's okay. What matters is today. We make that decision today that I am going to go to confession. I'm going to admit that I messed up. And the beautiful thing about confession is not only can we be forgiven for our sins, but we can receive the grace to fight against the temptations in the future. So what a great sacrament, and this is the perfect time. Uh, To go back to the confessional, especially if it's been a long time, this Advent, right now, this is the time to do it.
3: Gary, you mentioned the importance of of prayer to to setting the tone, but we can go a little bit deeper and just if we can just spend just even just a few minutes, just even five minutes, uh, reading the Gospel of the day uh, in quiet, uh, in, in quiet time, either at home or, or perhaps uh, in in front of the Blessed Sacrament of a Church or a chapel. Uh, I think that uh, the uh, Gospels uh, in these upcoming days leading up to Christmas, uh, and the Scriptures overall, but the Gospels especially, really uh, can help prepare us. Uh, the, the Word of God is, pe- is, is powerful, and it can penetrate our soul.
4: It sure can. I'm so glad you mentioned that, and that's one of the spiritual practices that I make every morning. I I sit with the gospel, the, the gospel from Daily Mass, and I talk to the Lord about it. And, you know, again, you get back to that control thing, John. I, I understand that people want to just hit the ground running when they wake up. and But unless we are willing to, to pause, and I have to fight myself to do this, unless we're willing to pause and spend some time with the Lord. And the morning, for most people, tends to work out pretty good. But unless we do that, we're going to get burned out, and we're going to get stressed, And chances are we're going to forget all about them throughout the day. So I think it's so important to to start the day right, if you can. You know, I'm fortunate I'm able to, after that, my wife and I are able to go to daily Mass as well, which uh, not everybody can do, but boy, what a great thing to be able to do. And you mentioned Eucharistic Adoration. I'm a big believer in sitting before Jesus in front of the Blessed Sacrament, just sitting there with Him. And that's one of the greatest ways that we can get to know Him and experience that peace that He wants to give us.
3: Absolutely. It reminds me of the old adage, uh, you can't love somebody that you don't know. And uh, I I think that if we spend some quiet time alone with the Lord, uh, perhaps meditating on the Word uh, in in Scripture, uh, it'll help us to be able to think and to speak and to act uh, more like Jesus.
4: Yeah, and and one of the things we can say, a lot, a lot of times the gospel can be a little challenging or maybe confusing. We could sit there and ask the Lord, oh Lord, what, what, how can I apply this? You know, and expect. I think expectation is the key, not to just having a good Advent, but it, it's really the key to to having a, a, a good and healthy spiritual life and a good relationship with Jesus, expecting that he will respond when we, when we turn to him, when we ask for his help, that, we'll re, that he will respond, and he will. He will, but so many times we begin to doubt and think, well, he's not going to really make a difference. I I can tell you, brother, he makes a huge difference. He's made it in my life, and he can make a difference in the life of anyone, as long as they're willing to to make that effort and and turn to him and say, Lord, can you help me?
3: Without a doubt, uh, Gary, can you uh, remind us uh, of the fruits of the Holy Spirit and how we can practice every one of these fruits uh, here uh, during these final days of Advent? After all, uh, your hero Saint Paul says that without the Holy Spirit, uh, it's impossible to say that Jesus is Lord.
4: Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to do in the remaining days of Advent is to try to produce with the Holy Spirit's help one of these good fruits. Paul talks about them in Galatians chapter five, verses twenty two and twenty three. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. John, that's the life. That's what we're supposed to look like. That's the way Jesus looked. He produced these fruits. And with the Holy Spirit's help, we can produce one of each each one of these fruits.
3: Absolutely. If we really want to, to have uh, that, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding, uh, we need to have the Holy Spirit in our heart. We need to have a, a clean heart, which explains why we need to go to confession.
4: Exactly, exactly. And again, it, it involves that whole humility thing and the fact that, well, I want Jesus to work through me. I want Him to work through me. I want less of me to be evident when I meet people and more of Jesus. And, and that requires work, but you know what? There's there's still time. Advent is the gr- a great time to work on this, so that on Christmas Day, man, we are ready to welcome the Lord.
3: Just a couple of those fruits, uh, joy and peace. Uh, yeah. you, you know, true joy is found in our Lord, true peace. In Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled, uh, neither let them be afraid. Uh, we can have peace with our Lord, but we need to seek Him and find Him when we seek Him with all of our heart.
4: That's the key, and that joy comes from that relationship with our Lord. I can rejoice today no matter what is happening in my life because of the lord's presence and once i do that then his peace flows into me from that and then my peace flows outward to other people you know you have to have it first before you can share it with others
3: we touched on a lot of different uh, topics here uh, yeah, it, just kind of a little recap here in the final minute of uh, some final uh, suggestions of how to make the most of these final days here uh, before christmas Gary.
4: John, I would say there's two important things to remember. If we, we need to have desire. We need to have desire to grow closer to Christ, and then we have to have expectation. We have to expect that he's going to hear our pleas, and he is going to respond, and I can guarantee that he will.
3: Absolutely. Well, Gary, uh, you've uh, been tremendous uh, this past year. This is our last show uh, together. I'm taking a little vacation time. I'll be back after uh, the uh, holidays. Uh, But I want to wish you uh, uh, many blessings here these final days of Advent and, uh, and a Merry Christmas.
4: John, it's been such a pleasure. Merry Christmas and happy remainder of Advent to you as well. Keep up the good work, my friend.
3: Thanks so much. Gary Zimmick, longtime Morning Air contributor, Catholic speaker, and author of the latest book, Journey with God, Finding Peace and Happiness. We're going to take a short break when Morning Air returns. Bishop Daniel Muggenberg will look ahead to this Sunday's Gospel on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Morning Air on another Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I'm John Morales. It's good to be with you, and now it's time to look ahead to this Sunday's Gospel. Always keep in mind that the Word of God in the Gospels, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, is powerful. When the Gospel, the book eternal is proclaimed, Christ is passing by. Jesus is speaking to you. So listen carefully, folks, as Bishop Daniel Muggenberg, Bishop of Reno, Nevada, shares his weekly reflection on this Sunday's Gospel with our very own Glenn Leverance.
2: Our Gospel reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent comes from Luke chapter 1. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Now, time to dig deeper into that reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45 for the fourth Sunday in Advent, looking today at the visitation. And once again, for that in depth look, it's Bishop Daniel Muggenberg from the Diocese of Reno. Great to have you along, as always, Bishop Muggenberg.
0: Great to be here,
2: Glenn. Well, we can imagine that pregnant ladies talk to one another about what they're going through, what they're expecting, and all of that while they're expecting. But my goodness, this was the uh, most famous meeting like that of all time.
0: Yes, it sure was. As the gospel, you know, relates to us, this is much more than just a human encounter between two cousins who happen to be, you know, celebrating the joy of their pregnancies. This is really a sacred encounter. And there's something happening on such a much deeper level, and they are aware of it. And that's the beautiful thing about this passage, is that these are are representing two women who are so deeply connected to the Holy Spirit and their life of faith that they're able to recognize the divine and saving significance of, of this moment that they are experiencing.
2: Now, Bishop Muggenberg, we knew Mary had an inkling of what was coming, thanks to uh, some angelic news. Did Elizabeth uh, have any idea yet uh, how important what she would be doing uh, in in a few short months uh, as well?
0: Well, maybe she didn't quite understand that. Of course, there was the annunciation to Zachariah uh, by the angel Gabriel, just as Mary had received the message from the angel Gabriel. And so certainly, you know, Zachariah and Elizabeth um, did receive the Lord's promise. But unlike Mary, who trusted in the Lord's word and asked how she could participate in God's plan, Zachariah, of course, responded with doubt. You know, um, and almost, erratic, uh, almost laughter in terms of how this would happen to them in their advanced age. So um, what we see happening now, though, is a very different moment. It's not so much the, uh, the fact that the promise of God is being fulfilled in them, but we see that Mary is really becoming a missionary to Elizabeth. And that's important because um, in the Annunciation of Gabriel, Mary became a disciple, one who heard the word of God and one who said yes to the word of God. And now we see Mary as a missionary, as one who is carrying the word of God that entered her ear through the words of Gabriel. And now is she's carrying the word of God as Jesus in her womb. And she's she's going and bringing that good news to Elizabeth.
2: Good news. It is indeed, as we say, it's so much more than the human encounter, but setting up the, the spiritual encounter, the human encounter, would that have been Normal at that time that uh, someone might visit someone they know who's pregnant and uh, she was there to, to help Elizabeth who was further along, but also maybe to gain some insight and for her first time as well.
0: Well, there is that element to it, that she went in haste, and the haste can be both in terms of Elizabeth's need, but also in terms of the missionary impetus, you know, to share this good news, the good news of Jesus, um, literally, with Elizabeth. So there can be various ways of interpreting it. Um, I think that in Luke's Gospel, he really focuses more on the missionary dimension uh, than he does on the, uh, what would you call it, supportive or charitable dimension of that visit.
2: What a pro-life moment that was as well, that the uh, first to to recognize the Lord in their presence there was uh, another baby in the womb.
0: Very true. You know, um, people of the ancient world knew very well that babies were living uh, human beings uh, within the mother's womb. And that moment of quickening, um, as it's oftentimes described, uh, when babies move within the mother's womb, um, was a recognition of that life. And, uh, And we see in this passage that it is Jesus who is actually giving life to John. Even though John is six months more advanced than Jesus is in the womb, it's the approach of the Lord that that awakens John's um, faith, that awakens and gives meaning to John's ministry and life. And of course, that's really a much bigger relationship about Jesus giving meaning. It's a relationship of the New Testament, the message of the gospel, giving meaning and fulfillment to the Old Testament. Um, the relationship of the law of grace to the law of to the age of the prophets, etc. So there's a whole larger relationship that's going on um, rather than just this uh, immediate and limited relationship between Jesus and his cousin in the womb. Um, It is a symbolic relationship between uh, really the economy of salvation and and the age of grace um, as opposed to the age of the law.
2: We think of what a a joyous and special moment that was, and one that would have been, I imagine, a a surprise greeting for Elizabeth without Facebook or even the plain old telephone to to let her know that she'd be coming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was certainly, yeah, it was certainly a surprise, and what a welcome surprise. You know, Elizabeth immediately recognizes that this is a profound encounter of grace, and she gives us that, that great title of Mary, you know, blessed are you among women, and who is this that the mother of my Lord now those are those are great titles Um, to be the one who is blessed among women to be the mother of the Lord those are titles that we still use for the Blessed Mother today Um, in fact some of that greeting of Elizabeth now becomes part of our prayer of the Hail Mary it's a way in which we are continuing to recognize that Mary is blessed not a blessing that she earned or that she deserved but a blessing that God bestowed upon her in that singular grace and it wasn't just a singular grace a one-time experience to be the mother of Jesus. It was the singular grace to live her life in full obedience and responsiveness to God's will and to manifest that love and charity for God and neighbor that all of us aspire to. And that's why Mary was able to live out her discipleship, um, not just by saying yes to a task, But Mary was saying yes to a person in an irrevocable commitment of faith. And we will see her live that out even as she follows Jesus in his ministry and as she stands at the foot of the cross as he gives his life in sacrificial love for us. Mary is living out her yes through her entire life. And for that, she is blessed by God.
2: A beautiful moment of trust and a lifetime of trust in the Lord for Our Lady to be able to be in that situation, to to give her yes. But then also the trust the Lord places in her to be a good mom uh, to our Lord and to be entrusted with that message. She had it physically. We have it as well. We're entrusted with that good news, with the responsibility to share it.
0: And, you know, it is easy to trust God when everything is going well and we get what we want and, you know, all those positive things are happening. It's easy to trust God in those moments. But we need to remember that when Elizabeth says, you know, blessed are you who trusted that the Lord's words to you would be fulfilled, uh, Elizabeth is pointing out that Mary is going to still trust even when she doesn't understand, even when, you know, uh, she loses Jesus in the temple and uh, and finds him after three days, she still trusts. Even when she doesn't understand his ministry um, and, and she comes to bring him back home to Nazareth, she's still trusting in Jesus. And especially as she stands at the foot of the cross in this moment of great suffering and sorrow and, and seemingly hopeless, um, you know, violence, Mary is still trusting. And so it is her ability to trust in God, not just in the good times, but especially in the difficult times, that really reveals her profound faith.
2: Bishop Muckenberg, a good radio tease for next week when we look at uh, the missing Jesus and uh, him being found in the temple as well with the Feast of the Holy Family coming up. But uh, for this week, if you'd be so kind as to wrap us up with your blessing.
0: The Lord be with you, and may the blessing of Almighty God who calls us, like Mary, to always be missionaries, who bring Jesus to others, inspire us during this fourth week of Advent to share Christ with those whom we meet. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
3: And thank you, Bishop Muggenberg. And now it's time for another episode of Glen Story Corner. <laughs>
0: christmas is all about sure charlie brown i can tell you what christmas is all about lights please and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about
3: them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold i bring you tidings of great joy which shall be to all people
2: And there's Linus from the Charlie Bone uh, Peanuts Christmas special, which will air on PBS 630 Central this Sunday night, John.
3: Glenn, uh, that so much touches my heart and brings me back to my childhood. I love to hear those words of of Linus. This really is what it's all about. Uh, A message uh, that has been going strong now for uh, over 50 years.
2: Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing.
3: No doubt. Thanks so much. Uh, Coming up uh, next hour here on Morning Air, former Congressman Dan Lipinski is going to be with us to talk about the importance of our Catholic faith, especially in these times of our divided nation. Plus, pediatric psychologist Dr. Jim Schrader will be with us to uh, discuss finding the meaning in the season that we're in. So stay with us. There's much more coming up here on Morning Air next hour. Much more, so stay with us.